Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to the Urban Wire, brought to you by the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers, where we shine the light on issues of about that either, but I just we're just gonna work with what we got. Um, this is episode five, Family Affairs, part three, uncut. Beat that child ASS. And you know what that spells. Now, um, we're gonna get to that subject a little later. Um but um Michael, are you there? Oh yes, I'm here. Yeah, so um how's your weekend going so far? Well rested, which is a a definite plus <laughs> compared to the last week. Yeah. yeah. We know you got a busy weekend, too, this weekend. So we're going to jump right into things. Um, I really want I really want to start the show off uh, with um, I want to send condolences to um, gospel um, artist and slash pastor um, Marvin Sack. Which he's been—he's well known for his um, songs, um, especially in the, in, they've crossed like the secular lines as well. Um, he, he's well known for a show song called "Never Would Have Made It" and other songs that he's written throughout the years. And um, his wife Melinda uh, Sapp, she she passed um, in early September, and we haven't really had a chance to get on here and offer our condolences. Um, I'm going to read you this article real quick from um, blackspin.com, and the article is written by Boyce Watkins, Um, and the title of the article is Marvin Sapp's Wife Melinda Dies of Colon Cancer. And after this, we're going to go to a quick song um, by Marvin Sapp, Um, He Saw the Best of Me. Now, I wanted to do Never Would Have Made It, but I couldn't get that song uploaded. So we're going to do that quick song, and uh, we're going to be back. But I'm going to read you this article real quick, and then we're going to go to the song. Prominent gospel music artist Marvin Sapp recently lost his wife, 
Melinda Sapp to colon cancer. The couple had been married for 15 years, and they had three children. Melinda was an administrative pastor at the church, Lighthouse Full Life Center, that they ran together in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Before she died, Melinda was a college professor and a licensed professional counselor. The following statement was issued by 92.1 Praise Houston about her death. It is with our deepest sympathy that we inform you that Pastor Marvin Sapp's wife, Melinda Sapp, has passed on today after battling colon cancer. It was confirmed on the Lonnie Williams show today. An an official press release has not been issued yet, but more details will be coming on Yolanda Adams' morning show of this morning. Earlier this year, Marvin Sapp was testifying how his wife, Melinda, was given a clean bill of health by doctors after being diagnosed with stage 4 colon cancer in 2009. But then, those health concerns resurfaced and Marvin Sapp requested intense around-the-clock prayer. Marvin's song, Never Would Have Made It, reached number 14 on the Billboard charts for the R&B and hip-hop for R&B hip-hop songs. He recorded with the group commissioned in the early 90s before starting a solo career. The three, the couple's three children are Marvin II, Micaiah, and Madison. So, you know, this is just, this, this is a really sad story to hear about, but, you know, it just tells, you know, just tells you the, the importance of, you know, just staying on top of that, because I know, especially in the African American community, we we have a high percentage of people that um, uh, suffer from colon cancer, or it it, it runs in their um, family history. So it's very important for us, male and female, and really it's just important for everyone to keep 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 up with your doctor's appointments, um, especially when you know that there are certain um, illnesses or conditions that are prevalent in your family line, you really need to stay on top of that, you know, and this this is a very unfortunate situation to hear of. Um, we're going to go to a quick song real quick, and then we're going to jump into a lot of other things today. Um, but I just want to do um, this quick song for uh, Marvin Sapp, and it's, it's called uh, He Saw the Best in Me. And this is a really good and touching song. Um, the song is kind of long, but we're gonna play a part of it, and then we're gonna get back to uh, get back on the air. He saw the best in me. When everyone else around could only see the worst in me. Can I tell y'all one more time, one more time? I said he saw the best in me. When everyone else around could only see the worst. All I need is one. Hey! 
the reason why he sees me who I am, because he created me in his image and his likeness. He's mine. I am here. It doesn't matter what I need. He only sees me. Alright, we're back. Uh just wanted to start off the show with a little inspiration, you know. Just wanted to do that. But we're gonna jump right into things. Uh Michael, do you have anything that you would like to share today or anything that you found interesting in the media in the past? Uh one thing that I found rather interesting in the media was the uh I believe his name is Eddie Long controversy. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, funny that you bring that bring that up because that's one of the things that we're going to talk about today. Yeah, uh, evidently he has been with this particular church in uh, DeKalb County, Georgia, and as the news stories have went, and I'm quoting here from the memory of what I've read, so I can't really. Most of them were Associated Press articles. Um, he's been with this church in DeKalb County, Georgia, for. Well, I believe since the mid '80s, and has been a really flashy. He was known for a lot of his flashiness. We'll say a very, you know, extravagant rings and necklaces, and preaching about you know following God, and you know you can have these types of riches too. And it, the church has a history of being a very affluent church and very high profile with a lot of celebrities that the. Uh, Mr. Long also runs around with. And his style of preaching is very, uh, I believe it's Baptist. I hope I I believe that's what it is. Um, And he's very well known for pushing an anti-gay sentiment and counseling men in heterosexual life and really does push a lot of, has done a lot of youth work and, uh, Supposedly, and I believe the way it was told is molding them towards being great, respectable male role models. Well, Mr. Long has had a little trouble here. There are three young men who have filed lawsuit against him for the abuse of power in his church, and they claim that he has used his affluence with money and jewelry and all that to... Uh, coerce them into sexual relationships. As the story would go, these three men have filed suit, and some of them even claim that they were 17, possibly, when he started doing this, which I don't know what the age of majority is in the state of Georgia. In Indiana, that would make them a minor. So Mr. Long there has a little bit of trouble in his ministry, and a lot of people are saying that they don't believe it, but they'll have to let it play out in court. So, well, you, well, the thing, this is what I heard. Like, you know, I've heard most of that, and they were saying how um, these young men were. Um, and I had the article with me. I, I don't know what I laid it at, but um, they said these, like these, these young boys were taken into. Uh, they were on his taxes, and a lot of them. Uh, Assume different uh, roles in the church. They were actually on the payroll at the church. Oh, really? And um, yeah, they were they were on the payroll at the church. And one of the boys, they said he's been working at the church since he was 14 years old. 
So, you know, it's 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 been been really um a huge mess because I know actually he was supposed to go on um um the Tom Joyner morning show and um speak on the issue but um but you know, according to his you know, his his legal team or his uh, or foreign legal counsel, they advised him not to, you know, make any um statements like yeah public comment at the time which we actually are going to play in a few minutes um we're going to play commentary from the times on the morning show this is this was after they found out that he would not be coming on the show but there were other uh venues that wanted him to speak but they were saying that they didn't want him to make like you said any public comment um they i think they had a press press conference and stuff like that and um but we we've heard little or nothing from Bishop Eddie Long himself, and that's who I want to hear from. I don't want to hear from your legal legal counsel. I don't want to hear from, yeah. um, you know, all these cir- circus monkeys that you have working for you. I want to hear what you have to say. You're the one that has these allegations of, you know, on you. And I guess you know I don't know at this point if he's going to uh, speak this Sunday in church, but. The public deserves to know something, right? And to me, like I, me personally, I can care less because I don't go to that church, and I'm not. And based upon a lot of things that he preaches, they're not scriptural, and he says a lot of vile and just he's he's been known, and this has been on the record. He's he's been known to say a lot of vile and just disgusting things. Um, he makes a lot of sexual innuendos in his um in his sermons, and he's been known to just preach some really outrageous, outrageous doctrine, mm-hmm. you know. So I really want to hear from him, you know. Um, he's got quite a right large now, following. What'd you say? I said he's got a really large following. Well, you know, and it's, it's very sad that people will follow this person, but um, to me it's ma- – What's really making me mad is the fact that they're making these young men out to be the uh, perpetrators here. Yeah. yeah. You know, a lot of people, and see, that's the problem, that's, especially with the black church. That's what's wrong with the black church now. We'll believe a preacher or a pastor above anything. They can do anything. They can they can rob, kill, steal, but we'll still have their back. You know, because we think that's the man of God, and he can't do anything wrong. Uh-huh. You know, and people want to come out, well, we don't need to judge him because, you know, this, that, and the other, because he's, he's a person just like us. Okay, that's that's fine. I understand that. But still, at the same time, you need to realize you're held at a higher level of integrity. Yeah. You see what, you see what I'm saying? And with you being in a position that you're in, you 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 shouldn't even allow yourself to come. My thing is, if you're gonna be gay, be gay. But I think it's a very sad representation for you to get up in the pulpit condemning other people, saying this, that, and the other, and you're not living the lifestyle that you're talking about. That's what that's what's really angering a lot of people. You know, so it, that's that's the biggest thing about that. So did you have something to say? Yeah, and I'm all for, you know, truth and justice. You know, the man, you know, I understand whether he did it, whether he didn't do it, 
that has yet to be proven. And of course, you know, good legal counsel will say, keep your mouth shut, don't say a word, because it's obviously going to go into court. However, I really don't like the fact that everybody is so against what, there's a lot of people out there, I can't say everybody, but a lot of people are against the accusers. And I'm like, hey, you know, give them a chance here to state their opinion and don't be so quick to just put this guy up on a pedestal as, well, he's a man of God. He couldn't do that. Well, you know what? It'll play out in court. But uh, I wouldn't be so quick to uh, cast some ill judgment against the accusers because if they have a good point to stand up against and they got lawsuits coming, you know, there could be something worth listening to. And obviously, if that guy is guilty of doing what he did, then, hey, he needs to be called out and showed exactly what's going on. Well, we're going to go to uh, some quick audio real quick um, from the Tom Joyner Morning Show uh, when they were um, making a, an analysis on this show or on this entire controversy. And uh, like I said, this is after the fact they, they discovered that he wouldn't be making a, um, an appearance on the show. And I'm going to play this real quick. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about this, and then we're going to move on to our next story. I know is 
and you don't want to see this happen. Yeah, I I hurt when I see when I see leaders um, being rubbed down. It it, 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 it hurts me personally. And that's 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 mighty good of you, and I know you're a real good guy. And you feel for these leaders. You really are because you stand by people who, who like you say, sometimes don't stand by you, and they don't connect with you. But you gotta also think about the families of these kids that are involved. Now, these kids also, and these if, they were that, if, that, if, they, if they were that young when this started, I mean, the hurt that they're going through, it is, it's a painful secret to carry for years and years. It is lives are ruined as a result of this. Everybody, not just not just the bishop, yes. if it is true, because well, we don't know, and I, I'm like you, I wish, I really hope that it's not true. And if it's not, not true, really still lives are ruined, and, and it will yeah, go on so long. Yeah, still lives are ruined, and the community is, uh, is, is, is devastated, and I, I feel for the community. Community of people and yes, everybody. But then at the third, a third kid. Yeah, yeah. Twenty-three years old, and uh, he's come forward and says that uh, he's a, another victim, and he's a part of a lawsuit oh. represented by the same lawyer. It was a lot. Of, I mean, it was it was news everywhere yesterday. As and the talk, and everybody was talking about it. Yeah. So, I, did he still have a press conference? Oh, he just canceled us. Or did he cancel the press conference too? No, it looks like. Uh, and is he going to preach this Sunday? I don't think so, Tom. He really should. Sybil. Don't you think so? Don't you think he should get? Well, I think he should talk now. If he really preaches, he needs to talk. Well, he needs to do all of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're just saying we don't know. Well, we don't know. I've I, I never seen anything like this. <laughs> no, Jesse Jr. is going through. But uh, and on the other side of this, uh, <laughs> another young uh, black man is in trouble, and that's Life Jennings. What now? He's been sentenced to three and a half years. For what? For the, after he, uh, uh, uh against his, uh, baby mama. Remember that case? When he knocked in the door? I thought that was a good, no. That, I thought that was a joke. Sentencing was yesterday. Okay. And bled over into another, um, subject on that particular show. But I just want you guys to hear um, about that because that was one of the main interviews where, where he was going to go on that show and clear the air, you know, especially, um, I mean, in the times when the morning show is heard by people all over the country, but particularly the African-American community. And um, this particular show, uh, he was supposed to come on and um, clear the air. I'm sorry, Michael, I forgot to unmute you. But, yeah, um, I, I really think that um, this is a really serious uh, case. And these are serious allegations. This is this is not something that you can just sweep under the rug. And I think so many times in these churches today, we try they I'm not going to say we because I'm not the one, but they try to sweep things under the rug. And, you know, 
you coming down, these people, I mean, you got to realize, these people are coming out here putting their putting face in the media, their name in the media. You know, this is, I mean, if you if you have maybe one, okay, maybe two, but three people come out against you and say that you've done this, then somebody really needs to take this seriously. Yeah. You know, so I just, I really, I really am, um, Interested to see which way this goes, and um, I think if, if the allegations are true, he he needs to he he needs to pay for what he's done, and I believe in forgiveness and redemption. But you know what? There is consequences for everything we do in life, and I think a lot of people don't realize that. Yeah, I think one of the things I wanted to just add real quick about from the commentary was they were questioning why there were no criminal lawsuits. I don't know what the legal age of sexual consent is in the state of Georgia, but I know here in Indiana the legal age of sexual consent is 16. So if you know one of them had referred in one of the articles I read as being possibly 17 when this occurred, that's the legal age of consent. And if that's the case, that could be one of the reasons why there are no criminal charges as of yet. Yeah. But sometimes, I mean, who, who's to say that? Who's to say there's not there's not more? That's true. That's very true. I mean, there's only been three come out so far with this, you know. And I'm sure if there's three, you know, <laughs> what else? How many more is there? You know. So I, I really. I really feel that um, there, there's there's some deep underlying issues going on in that particular church, um, and, and, and I'm just gonna keep it real with you guys. ATL is known to be like the I'm just gonna keep it real, the gay black mecca of the United States. It's like a black San Francisco, and it's been known, and you've heard it many all in the media that ATL is known for having the most down low brothers. They've been known for having the most, the highest HIV uh, rates in the African-American community. There's so much stuff going on, especially in the black church down there. So it makes you just, it makes this whole, um, this entire phenomenon even more prevalent. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So um, I, I really, it's really a sad situation all around, and this is by no means a reflection of the church members themselves. But I do feel that the church members themselves should be very concerned about this, and, and they should know who they're following, instead of being so blind and just to follow whoever they want to follow. Well, um, we have a couple callers on the air. We're going to open up the lines really quick and see if they have anything to say. Uh, two nine four. Do you have something to say about Eddie Long, or are you just listening at this point? I'm just listening at this point. Okay then. Uh, well, thank you for listening. Eight two eight. Do you have um, a comment or question, or are you just listening at this point? I'm just listening. All right. Thank you. Well, we want to thank thank all our um, listeners so far. Um, this is this is just a a, a really serious um, thing that we're talking about, especially in the black community, because the church has always been the center and the focal point for our community. So, uh, and, and then this just leads into the whole uh, 
not even just the yeah, just the mega churches, but just a lot, a lot of these televangelists that that are so bold and flashy, and they teach doctrine that they know it has nothing to do with the Bible. You see what I'm saying? So. Uh, well, I can't, for one, am concerned, and this, you know, has to obviously do with this situation, but even outside of it, people that you find that are real flashy and real out there, I've always, I always type question them type of people myself, regardless of whatever, you know, if it's in the church, out of the church, regardless of what race it is, whatever, People that are really extremely flashy, I can't help but be a little curious about that. I mean, I always kind of wonder, hmm, okay. And then especially when you see them get on a big kick about one topic or another, because, you know, that old adage does come into play, careful what they're so hard up against, because whatever they scream about the most is usually where they have a problem at themselves. But yeah, that's, that's right. right. I mean, but you, you see that in politics, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you've seen a lot of these um, Republican um, Republicans that have been uh, have been so uh, anti this and anti that, but you but you come to find out that the same thing, like you said, that they were so against, mm-hmm. they they're they're like entrenched in that. Yeah, you know? I'm, you know, so I'll, really, I'll say that you know the Democrat Party has its too. You know, they all yeah, do. You're right. And um, I mean, but you but you see most of them, the right wingers, are yeah. so hypocritical though. Yeah. And yes, I mean, you just got to really know who you're following. And and getting back to that point that you were saying about a lot of people that are so flashy, a lot of the uh, evangelists and stuff like that. Jesus, when he was here doing his earthly ministry, he didn't have all that stuff. Mm-hmm. He he let, lived a humble life. So who are you to think? That you should you you should be put up on a pedestal, and you should be idolized, and you should be worshipped. Now, I do think that you should be a role model to yes. the people that you're uh, leading. But mm-hmm. who are you to come out and feel that you should have more than the people that you're serving? Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. To me, I think that that's a big contradiction. Okay, you you're supposed to be following Christ. You're supposed to be living a Christ-like example, but your action in the way that you're living is not no is nowhere near what you're professing. Yeah. But how often do we see it? Oh, we see it a lot. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, but it's and it's not even just in the churches. I mean you can see a politics, you know, think of even co workers that you have. You know, you can see it every day, just about everywhere. And I personally, yeah, I've got nothing wrong, nothing against somebody having nice things. I got nothing wrong with that. You know, nothing wrong with that at all. If you work for it, you do it. Well, then it's your choice to have nice things and get what you want. But you know, constantly pushing the flashiness and the all the rings and you know the diamonds and whatever and all the big money and. Big fancy cars. If that's what your flashiness is about, why are you trying to impress people so much? I wouldn't be trying to impress people with flashy things. I'd be trying to impress people with character. Right, right. And see, to me, I I think that we live in um, a society now where uh, we lack character. We lack integrity. 
you know, it's, it's all about getting that extra dollar any way you can, you know. Yeah. And I mean, now it's getting to the point now you're starting to see a lot of this stuff creep into the church. And, mm-hmm. like, my point is now if there's crookedness out in the world now that it's – and now at this point it's starting to leak into the church, where else can we go now? Yeah. You know, and that's why I say all the time it's important for people to have their own relationship with God. You can't follow a man um, – you you can't follow you know so you're supposed to follow Christ if if if, if you're a Christian and this if that's what you believe in if that's your religion that's what that's who you're supposed to follow yeah you see what I'm saying oh absolutely and I think and I think a lot of people now they're you know especially now like you, we can even see um, in statistics you know I don't have the statistics in front of me but there's been many polls in um, taken on church membership as it relates to, you know, modern times, how it's really gone down. Oh, yes. Now, I've done some statistical looking at on that, uh, oh, about a month or so ago, and it's like, well, just the Catholic Church has been, like, down 60% in the last five years. Right. And I so believe, I really, if memory serves me correctly, that was a uh, uh, a Gallup poll, I believe. Wow. Don't quote me on that 100%. I mean, it was a reputable polling uh, organization that done it. But I did read that because I was doing some research on that for uh, another story. Hmm. You know, and that's you know that's just the Catholic Church, and that's a worldwide impact. You know, that's not just you know in the American. Society either. Wow, I mean, and that's really a, a serious thing when, when uh, we start to see that um, affect membership worldwide. Just not into you know the United States. I think you know we have a tendency to think that we're the only country you know in the union and this, that, and the other. But I think a lot of times um, we. Uh, that we're the only ones, but when you look at it from a global perspective, it's it's really a serious issue, and it's it's an issue if the you know if the church wants to be saved, we're gonna have you know to address these issues. You know, yeah, and, and I'm not talking about it from it from a, a superficial uh, point of view. We need to restructure things and look at what 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 needs to stay and what needs to go. What what you know what is biblical and what's not biblical. We need to really strip all this bull crap down, and we need to analyze it and see, hey, what what is working, what is not working? Why are people not being attracted to the church? Why are they, you know, what brings them, what keeps them, you know, what drives them away? And, I mean, and if it, if it, and if it drives them away, then we need to look at that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You see what I'm saying? And one thing that I have a serious problem with with the church is, is and I know when you talk about a lot of hypocrites in a church, yeah, you're going to have that in any church. You're going to have a, you know, Sister Bertha better than you in the front row going, praise Jesus, glory to God, and then, you know, out next week you see him over at the club and they're over there falling out drunk, you know, okay, whatever. I, you know, you're going to have that in any organization, I'm sure. You know, so people, a lot of people talk about hypocrisy, but I think a lot of people too as they're getting into the church and really trying to find their way, 
we know, I'm sure all regular churchgoers can say, there are cliques in the church. Mm. And some of these cliques, I know a lot of people feel like they're ousted or they're like out on the back row or people casting a lot of judgments. They're like, oh, well, you know, this person over here, you know, she used to be a stripper. Now she's up here in the front row of church. Well, maybe somebody's coming to church to get a direction in their life. You know, God forbid that's what it was supposed to be about. But so many, a lot of people feel that they've been judged or judged wrongly, and people don't want a lot to do with them. Well, the role of the church is supposed to be there as a ministry to give you guidance. Why do we uh, tend to push people back? Why do we tend to be like, oh, oh, okay, she over here, all right. You know, why do we do that? And it's not just, you know, I know that this story has revolved a lot around the uh, church and the black community, but it's not just the black community. It's a lot of the churches out there. It's just about every one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to just throw this out real quick, everybody, that if you just want to call in and listen uh, if you, or you want to comment, feel free to give us a call at area code 646-915-8200. Once again, that's 646 915 8200. This is a really good um, topic. Um, we're probably going to have to do another show uh, sometime this week because this is really a heated topic. This is a um, dialogue that we need to have in the community, especially in the um, religious community, because a lot of this stuff is starting to come to light. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these tele- televangelists, they're getting caught up in these scandals. Um, like you heard about the uh, scandal with Paula White. And you know, and her alleged cheating, and just and, you know, and even the situation with Juanita Bynum a couple years ago, you know, when her and Thomas Weeks were out there fighting and acting a fool in a hotel lobby, you know, this is what we have to look at for examples. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you have these people getting on TV begging for this money, getting on here, not not doing anything. But they just want to make themselves look good. They want to make their name or their brand stand out. And see, that's that's what I'm talking about. You know, that that's what makes things sickening, and and it, and it just turns makes people just they don't want to be bothered with it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So that that you know, I don't know what to say about it. I really don't know what to say about it. But uh, it's just a sad situation. But do uh, you have anything else you, you want to um, add on this? I was just saying, between you and me, we could do a whole episode on church hurt just alone. Well, we're gonna do, well. I, I plan on doing that because uh, I know I, we've we've spoken about that before. If we're gonna talk about that. That's gonna be one of our upcoming episodes. I want to really be prepared before I come come out with that. Yeah. Because I don't, you know, I, I don't want anybody be coming here, I want to have all my ducks in a row, and sure. I want to get personal stories. Yeah. We're going to play these stories on the air. We're going to have people come on the air. We're going to talk about this because I think that in the church today, um, we don't care. We just don't. A lot of people don't care, and I'm not speaking for everybody, but right. a lot of these churches out here don't care about people. You are number to them. You go in there. You pay your tithes. You know, you can't get in touch with the pastor when you need them. You know, now we have a, a thing now where we have satellite churches. 
You know, there's people oh. trying to spread out everywhere. And that's fine if you want to expand and you want to put the word of God out there, that's fine. But to me, when it's all about just expansion and you're not reaching, then that's when I have a problem with that. Yeah, very much so. so. We will be doing an upcoming show. Mark my words. In the next two or three episodes, we're going to be um, down the line, we're going to be doing a show about church hurt, and um, we really want to hear what you have to say. Um, we have another caller just called, and we're going to see if they have something to say or if they're just listening. Um, 702, are you listening or you just um, you want to comment? I'm just listening. Okay, thank you. Well, um, well, we're going to go to this next story real quick, and we're going to come back with um, the commentary. Now, this particular story that I'm about to tell you about is, I don't know if you heard in the media um, about this lady that um, she faked um, an attack, and she said that um, um, a black lady, her name was by the name, her name is Bethany Storo. She claimed that um, a black lady attacked her and threw some acid in her face. Did you hear about that? Yeah, vaguely. I I remember reading over that. Well, I'm gonna read you this. Well, I'm gonna read this article real quick, and then we're gonna go to some audio about this particular situation. Um, this this comes from ABC, Good Morning America, and the article is entitled "Acid Attack Hoax Shocks Family, Friends, and Business Business uh, Businesses Work to Return Donations." Um, this was written by Emily Friedman. And it was written on September 17th. Check this out. The revelation that Bethany Storo splashed acid in her own face has left her friends and family shocked, particularly those who rushed to her defense in the days following her maiming. Pamela Storo, Storo's former mother-in-law, told ABC News earlier this week that rumors that the acid attack was a hoax were, quote-unquote, insane, and that there was no, quote, other, no way, unquote, her former daughter-in-law would do such a thing to herself. When reached by ABC News, Pamela Storrow declined to speak, other than to say that she is in disbelief over Storrow's admission that she did, in fact, fake the attack. Quote, I'm shocked, unquote, was all that Pamela Storrow would say of her former daughter-in-law's alleged confession. John Pax, the gym owner who, who held a fundraising event to help offset Storrow's medical expenses following the attack, said he was too, in quote, disbelief, unquote. So uh, we're going to go to this audio real quick from the actual interview that, uh, or actual uh, video that uh, ABC put out. And then we're going to come back, and we're going to um, talk about this real quick. And downright dumbfounded that this troubled young woman would not only mutilate her own face, but tell a lie to the world. This is Bethany Storrow before August 30th, and this is Bethany Storrow after. 
The young woman who said she was a victim has confessed she was in fact a fraud and did this to herself. During the interview, Ms. Storo admitted that her injuries were self-inflicted. The attack itself did not occur as she had previously reported. With her entire body wrapped in bandages, Bethany Storo accused an African-American woman of splattering acid in her face for no reason. Once it hit me, I could actually hear bubbling and sizzling in my skin. No one doubted her story. Doctors could see the burns. Investigators listened to the frantic 911 call. She's crying a lot. Uh, she's in a lot of pain with the acid being in her face. The community sprung into action. Police sketches of the alleged attacker were posted everywhere. A fundraiser was scheduled this Saturday, and Oprah even asked Bethany to appear on her show. But when Storo canceled her appearance, freelance journalist Marcus Griffith posted a blog saying he has serious doubts about Bethany's story. Soon speculation began spreading across the Internet. She was willing to go on Oprah. She was willing to have a press conference. She's not shy of the media. Investigators working hundreds of hours were also troubled by the timeline of Bethany's alleged attack. It was all the little things that really didn't quite add up. Vancouver is simply stunned to learn this was all a hoax. Oh my gosh, that's just, that's unbelievable. I, I can't even fathom the pain. When investigators asked Bethany why she did such a thing, the young woman simply has no answer. She is extremely upset. Um, she's um, very remorseful. Um, in, in many ways, it's something that just got bigger than what she expected. For now, Bethany is in the care of her parents. Considering the circumstances, the city seems to be responding very gently to this troubled young woman who's been crying out for help. Robin? All right. All right, that was the end of that clip. Um, wow, you know, this, I don't even know where to start it on this. The only thing I can say to that is, I'm not sure what's wrong with a woman, but I'm sure it's very hard to pronounce. I, I, you know what? What really bothers me about this situation is um, how how a person, or not even how a person, how we have came to the point where people can become so hungry for attention or fame that they would be willing to to maim themselves or to uh, do something that would cause permanent injury to themselves. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And then what really makes it even worse is you you make this entire story up and then you, you, you out of all the people you could choose – you had to say it was. You had to make up and say that it was a black woman. Like poor old me, you know. I'm this beautiful white woman, and this 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 evil black person came and threw acid in my face. Okay, first of all, your story is so unbelievable. Who just who actually just walks around with a cup of acid? Just just walks around with a cup of. I mean, you know. And I, I didn't record the, fur, the further part of that interview where a lot of the people in the police department said that her story didn't add up from the beginning and they had doubts about it. 
but they just couldn't put their finger on what she was lying about. But they said something. It was a lot of holes in her story. Uh-huh. And the way that the acid was thrown in her face, it just didn't, you know, it, it doesn't add up. So um, I really think it's, I think it's sad that people, I mean, especially that people in situations now that wish they could have a normal face, that wish they mm-hmm. weren't in pain, and for you to inflict some pain upon yourself, I don't. I have no pity for her. Oh, I wouldn't either. I have no pity for her. And then on top of that, honestly, this may sound cruel, and I don't care what nobody has to say because it's my opinion and this is how I feel. But you know what? People like her that do stuff like that, they should not be allowed to get any kind of facial reconstructive surgery. Because you have people that have been in fires, that have been in accidents, and they can't even afford to get that done. And, you know, and here you are doing this stuff. You should be, she should be made to look at that for the rest of her life. And she should have no mercy. Because, you know, for you to put out there that a black person did this to you when there was nobody, no person at all that did it to you, you did it to yourself, you by your own admission said that you've done it. You should not be allowed to um, seek any reconstructive surgery or anything else like that. I'm sorry, that's how I feel. Yeah, we have an awful lot of people out in the world today, like you said, that are in desperate need of things that really do deserve it. Yes. And, you know, I mean, who sits around and thinks this? Well, you know, you know, I, I just I just don't feel wanted. I don't feel that. So, so what do you do? You know, because you feel bad about yourself, what do you do? Instead of, hurt, you know, okay, you hurting yourself, okay, if you're going to hurt yourself, hurt yourself. You're going to make a whole group of people look bad. You're going to have people sit here, feel sorry for you, raise all this money for you, and then, you know, you want to turn around and say, oh, this whole thing was a hoax. I just needed some attention. Well, I mean, consider what you're dealing with, the mentally ill. Something has to be wrong. And I bet you that this is not the first thing that she's done to herself, but that's been noticeable. Uh, See, this woman probably has done all kind of crazy stuff that just people have not, that people just don't know about. Well, and, you know, now not always, because I know from my past, my experience in my line of work, there's some people that have went along for years leading fairly normal lives, and then all of a sudden they start slipping away and people, you know, but there's nothing alarming that really sets any bells and whistles off to the family going, hey, you know, they're nuts. And then all of a sudden they do something stupid like this. And, you know, the family's sitting there going, are you serious? We never would have dreamed that. But, you know, I've seen it before in my line of work. Wow. Wow. I know of one that uh, happened years ago where a woman faked being raped to get attention from her boyfriend. Are you serious? Yes, absolutely. And this well, how, woman had... Well, how far was she willing to go with that? 
Uh, well, the woman faked being tied up and, you know, called 911. Police get there. You know, she's still got some uh, ligatures around her and, you know, partially this and that. And they were investigating and going to town. And then all of a sudden, about the middle of the investigation, before the police could really determine that, you know, there were before even they got to the point where they're going, wait a minute, something don't seem right here. She had came out and confessed that she had faked it, and uh, and it was to get attention from her boyfriend. And the boyfriend was beside himself. Right. Even this woman's family was like, "Are you serious? We had never dreamed she would do anything like that." But wow, yeah, that yeah, that's quite. I mean, so in your in your opinion, do you think that? Um, well, I guess I should ask. In your opinion, what should be the penalty for someone that um, that makes false allegations? <clears throat> well, I mean, what 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 is the penalty you think that should be for that? There are gone. There are laws in the states against. Well, I know in Indiana there is against filing a false police report. However, mm-hmm. it's, you know, not very. Not exactly very stringent. I mean, it's not. Uh, it's not like where there's a really painful retribution for it, but you know you, they can be charged for filing a false police report. So, right. but uh, the punishment for it's not much. I mean, it's not severe, and I'm you know sorry I can't really quote exactly what Indiana law is on it, but I do know for a fact there is one against filing a false police report. Yeah, now I've, I have heard of that before, uh, but I, I didn't know how um, stringent or how uh, or how uh, intense the penalties were. I believe, were. if memory serves me correctly, I believe it's a misdemeanor. There may be felony exceptions for things against really, really serious things like, say, accusing someone of murder or you know, rape may be the case. But to my right. knowledge, the majority of it would be misdemeanor charges. Wow, that's that's very serious. And yeah. I, I really think that in this particular case, when she when she had all these people donate this money and stuff like that, it's really embarrassing. Oh, because, absolutely. So what? Because what this is going to do is this is going to cause people to become more uh, numb to situations <laughs> like that. And you know she's gonna make it hard for the next person that uh, that really uh, needs some type of assistance or needs needs the community's help. She's gonna make it hard for that that next person that is actually legitimate. Yeah, or even think of the people that donated to you know donated money to her cause. You know, some of these people, you know, some people that donate, and I personally am a per- type of person that I don't donate a lot of money to a lot of situations out there. I just don't do it very often because, you know, personally, I don't know what it, what's going on behind the scenes in a lot of them. And like an average working person, I don't have time to do deep homework on individual organizations. But, right. you, know, I've, you know, I have nothing against donating time and for a good cause or helping out a good cause or whatever, you know, with maybe freeing up some of my time to go help out with it at a fundraiser, right. so to speak. But... What if some of the you know some of these people say they're 
like me, and they don't very often donate money to a cause very often. And, you know, they're out here going, wow, I actually donated to that, and look what happened. Look what she was all about. You know, that is going to do, you know, some irrep. you know, that's obviously going to have some people carrying an attitude, well, guess I shouldn't have donated. That's what I get for donating. You know, when there's actual good organizations out there that could use the money. Right, right. You know, so, and then, like, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, let's face it. In this economy, people don't have a lot of money to just be throwing around and donating. Yeah, you're right. And that's why I said you really got to be careful in who you um, give your money to. And we were just talking about earlier about the church and stuff like that and how people – you know, you got to really be careful who you give your money to there. But you, de- if you have to really, if you have to be careful what you give your money to in the church, then you know you better believe that you better be careful where you where you give your money to otherwise. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, this, this, this is just a really sad but unfortunate case. You know where uh, you know, and it makes you wonder. Like another thing, it makes you think about. Hey is how many people are sitting in prison now because they were falsely accused of something, and the person that did it knows that they they were lying, but they won't come forth with it. Or yeah. they, somebody knows who did it, and they, you know, that's why I said, that, 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 that's the problem with a lot of people today. We know things that are wrong, and we know that um, things, certain things that are going on in our, in our communities, but we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to, nobody wants to speak out about it. You feel what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So that that's, that's a, that seems to me to be a big problem as well. Yeah. Yeah. We turn a blind eye to the wrong things, and then it just snowballs from there and gets bigger and bigger and bleeds over into other things. And Yeah, that's absolutely true. Well, uh, we're going to take a quick break here, uh, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about um, a little – we'll have something else in politics. We're going to talk about the uh, don't ask, don't tell. And then we're going to also talk about the primaries, and I want to get your um, opinion on what what way do you see uh, people voting this November. Mm. So we're going to come back. Not sure if we're going to get to um, the Family Affairs Part 3, but if not, we'll just um, continue it um, sometime during the week. Uh, I really want to get to this topic because I was just I was talking to a friend about this, and we, we went out um, and hung out. We went out to um, this restaurant, and we, we just got on the topic of discipline and how, how it was when we were coming up versus now how kids, the roles have been changed, the kids are running the parents today. And I really think it's time to start beating that behind again, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. You know, so I really I really think that uh, that's a topic that if we don't get on, on it today, we're going to get on it uh, very soon in, during the week. So I know you probably have to book out of here uh, pretty early, and I don't think DeAndre's going to probably be able to call in today. So this is going to probably be a short show, um, and plus we, we've been on some really uh, controversial topics. And there's some topics that I want her to talk about because, you know, she has a way of put, putting the edge on there that I can't put on there, you know, 
Well, all we can do is just sit there and listen. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, that would be Miss DeAndre. <laughs> so uh, we're going to go to this song really quick, and then we're going to come right back. We're going to jump to a few more things. And um, I might just end the show early today unless we get some callers to call in that uh, want to comment or uh, or anything. But before we go to this song, I want everybody to know that um, you can hit us up um, our email, actual email is ucofw at live, that live that's L-I-V-E dot com, or you can hit me up directly, Seneca Harris at S-E-Harris02 at hotmail.com, um, or you can check us out on MySpace at myspace.com slash ucofw. We're still working on the official website, so bear with us. Um, we have videos on YouTube at youtube.com slash ucofw. Make sure you get on there, subscribe, rate. Uh, we want, really want you to get involved with that. We're trying to get the subscribers up. We're trying to get a, we're trying to get this movement out here. Um, and after this, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about politics. But after we come back, I, the first thing I want to do that I want to make sure of is to get my, you know, get an update from Michael on what he's doing and when we can expect to see um, his projects coming out. So um, bear with us. We still have a lot to do, but I think this is going to be a show. We're going to cut it short um, about 30 minutes early today, but we will be back later on this week um, with a late-night edition show. I'm not sure yet, but we'll we'll let you know. So um, we'll be back right after this.
right, we're back. Um, we just had a caller, um, 404, area code 404. Uh, I think that's an Atlanta area code. Um, if you want to call back in, we want to talk to you um, because I think that's an Atlanta area code. And I'm really curious to see if they know anything about that um, entire Bishop Eddie Long thing. So if you're still listening, hit us back. Um, once again, anybody that wants to call in, feel free to hit us up at area code 646-915-8200. Once again, that's 646-915-8200. I really want to thank everybody so far that's been listening today. Um, this has been a very, very interesting dialogue, um, and we want to just appreciate every last one of our supporters, you know, um, and, you know, because without you, you know, it will be kind of pointless to do. So we really want to thank everybody that has called in. Um, even if you're just listening, we really want to thank you for that. Um, we're going to move right along to uh, politics before, but like I said, before, like I promised before I went to break, um, I want to know what are you up to now, Michael, and what's your project? How's your project coming along? Well, still working on putting together my website, which is going to have to do with uh, Reiki and, uh, which is a uh, spiritual healing modality, and also with uh, so a little bit of spiritual education, a little bit of spiritual direction. You know, have some things to help people just maybe make life a little bit easier for them from a spiritual perspective and maybe they can carry some of these spiritual aspects over into their everyday life and, you know, maybe sometimes just make life a little bit easier. So that's what I'm working on. I'm still working to put it together. I took some time off from it for a little bit. And so now I'm just trying to get back in the swing of it and, Hopefully I can get that moving along pretty quick here and get it up and running. Right, right. But I do That's have a, cool. uh, at least, you know, I do have a an email contact now for it. Uh, I do have uh, going to eventually put up a YouTube channel where I can put up some uh, videos uh, on different short topics. Uh, hopefully get this all coming together and maybe put a little bit of a message out there that just might maybe make people help people find a little bit of a peace in their lives with some because god knows there's enough going on out there today to upset everybody that's for sure mm-hmm. well um uh, we're really going to be looking forward to that um and um when you get that contact information we will make sure that we will um put that out there for you. Well, one thing I guess they could put out there is the email contact I'm using for this is a chi spiritual worker at gmail.com. Uh, chi spelled C-H-I. So, C-H-I, okay. Yeah, C-H-I spiritual worker dot, at gmail.com, and that's kind of what I'm working on so far. And Hey, if anybody has some good input they'd like to throw my way, I'd always appreciate hearing some suggestions. Okay. Well, definitely. Just keep us in, um, keep us updated on that. I think a lot of people will be interested in um, learning more about that. Um, but um, we're going to move right along to a story 
on politics daily unless you have something that you want to um, discuss as far as, like, uh, what's going on in the political uh, arena. I, I Actually, I think those things were already got slated on the schedule for today. Okay, okay. Well, um, we're going to go to an article written by legal analyst Andrew Cohen, and he is um, – he has written this article for politicsdaily.com, and I'm trying to get it to pull up real quick. Computer's running slowly. Okay, here we go. Um, this is a story called "Another Federal Judge Holds Quote Don't Ask Don't Tell Unquote Unconstitutional." All right, a federal judge in Tacoma, Washington, ruled Friday that the Air Force violated the the constitutional rights of a decorated flight nurse when it discharged her in 2007 under the controversial, um, quote-unquote, don't ask, don't tell, military policy after learning of an affair that she was having with a married woman. The U.S. District Judge Ronald Leeton ordered the Air Force to reinstate Margaret Witt, an 18-year veteran of the branch, who achieved the rank of major before she was discharged three years ago for what was classified at the time as, quote, homosexual conduct, unquote. Layton um, found her termination violated her due process and equal protection rights. Quote, good flight nurses are hard to find, unquote, he said Friday, following a child trial in which he determined that Witt's reinstatement would, quote, not be adversely affected until moral or cohesion, unquote, the Seattle Times reported. Uh, Layton's ruling is the second in three weeks to undermine the legal foundation of the, quote, don't ask, don't tell, unquote, policy. The 17-year-old banned precluding homosexuals from serving openly in the U.S. armed forces. It was unclear whether the Justice Department would appeal the ruling on behalf of the Air Force for her part, which said following the decision. Quote, I can't wait to go, just go do my job. Go back to my unit and do what I'm supposed to do, unquote. The case involved no request for injunction relief or any other remedy that would affect any other service members aside from WIT. So this, I, get, I guess this um, article goes on and uh, speaks in um, more detail about her particular situation. But... Um, I guess, like, this is just another example of don't ask, don't tell. And um, I was wondering what was your um, ideas on this particular story and about this issue in general, because I know you have a legal background. Yeah. So I was wondering how do you feel about this. Well, I, re- I recall years ago when don't ask, to- don't tell was put into law. And at the time due to public opinion on homosexuality, 
and the Republican Congress at the time, it was the best that at the time Bill Clinton could do. It was the best thing he could do because he knew what he was up against politically and he knew what he was up against as far as getting an equal protection in there. That was the best he could do. However, thank God society is starting to evolve a little bit. And how can you realistically restrict someone, what they do in their own personal time, as to how they do their job, especially people that are serving this country? You know, it is very hard nowadays to get people that want to serve the country. And, you know, why do you think they recruit for people so hard out there? You know, why are we going to use another thing out there to restrict someone that, you know, may be a brilliant mind and a, you know, perfectly able-bodied person that can take the orders and do what's necessary to defend this land and stand there and tell, I'm sorry, you're gay. We can't allow that in here. Do what? Most of the other free countries and evolved countries in this world don't have a lot of those policies. You know, why, you know, I, I just, to me it's absolutely asinine. I understand at the time when it was put into place, it was the best that could be done due to society's opinion. Thank God it's evolving. And, you know, I really see in Tuesday the Senate was supposed to vote on what to do with the don't ask, don't tell policy. It had cleared the House. House voted to repeal it. It went to the Senate. Republicans uh, blocked the vote on it in the Senate. So it's still hanging in limbo. Court cases are coming along. I just really fail to see where this is providing the policy of doing any good for the national security of the United States of America. It makes absolutely no sense. There's a gravestone, I seen this on the news when I was researching the article, in a, not in Arlington, not in Arlington National Cemetery, but it is in another uh, cemetery in D.C. that the guy was a Vietnam veteran. He said, and on his tombstone the inscription reads, the government gave me a medal for killing two men, but they threw me out for loving one. I really think that it's a sad representation of this country that we have to make a statement like that. I really feel that that is a sad thing that has to be put out there to show the people. This is supposed to be one of the greatest countries in the world, but we still do that. And I have read the statistics. It's approximately 13,500 servicemen and women that have been put out of their job serving this country under that basis. Mm-hmm. What are we really doing? I mean, yeah, that's a that's a good question. That's a good question. Um, so we're really. Uh, and in, in your opinion, do you think the Obama administration is pushing as hard as they can at this point well, to uh, repeal that? The thing that I had seen on it, even Senator McCain of Arizona is at least open to hearing the arguments on it and possibly repealing it. They, the, the Republicans' argument on the matter is that they want 
to wait until a survey has made it through the armed services to see what the reaction would be to service members before they make a decision on what to do with it. That's their argument. Basically, I think it's cowardice because, you know, the servicemen and women, uh, we're talking about people here and we're talking about the national security. A lot of servicemen and women have had to do things in the interest of national security that they weren't very proud of or didn't want to have to do. Um, that's not saying that take no disregard to what they think, but it's also saying that, you know, this is the United States. Uh, you work with people every day that are different than you. And chances are they are already working with homosexuals anyway. They're just extremely, have to be extremely closeted and very careful. So what's the difference? You know, why go, why make it a witch hunt? You know, basically the only thing the law is going to say is that this is no longer a witch hunt. You know, what's wrong with that? Chances are a lot of the gay people that the servicemen and women are already serving with, they probably already know that they are. It's just not talked about. So what's the difference? The only difference is that, God forbid, if they make a slip of the tongue or something, that they can, you know, be what, put up on a pedestal for a witch hunt? It's, it's time for it to go. And, you know, the Obama administration, he's tried. I'll say this. He did try. He got it through the House. You know, the Senate is stonewalling the subject, <laughs> all puns intended, and uh, sitting on their hands, you know, supposedly waiting for, you know, this uh, survey and this uh, idea to be done. Ah, well, let's really be call a spade a spade here. They're not waiting on the survey. They're waiting till after the election to see if they can take control back so they can shove it back away again. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you look at it, and it's like, could the Obama administration do more? Well, you know, everybody knows the wheels of justice and the wheels of politics turn slow, kind of like cold molasses set outside in the middle of January. It doesn't move fast. But could they do more? I'm sure they could do more. You know, I know the human rights uh, campaign out there is really pushing for this and really in favor, and I'm entirely in favor of repealing it myself. You know, good people out there to serve this country are hard to find, and why should we have a restriction on it? Right. It has, it I think we lost our caller. Um, we're going to go to a quick song real quick, and we're going to see if we can get Michael back. Um, let me pull up something real quick. Um, a quick song. Fancy, huh? Oh, you fancy, huh? You got your nail done, hair done, everything. 
it, so I know we gon' be here a while. In the bathroom, flat irons and nail files. Spending hours in salons on your hairstyle. And in the mall, steady racking up the air miles. Hit the gym, step on the scale, stare at the number. You say you dropping 10 pounds, preparing for summer. And you don't do it for the man, man never notice. You just do it for yourself, you the fucking coldest. Intelligent too, ooh, you my sweetheart. I've always liked my women book and street smart. Long as they got a little class like half days. And the confidence to overlook my past ways. Time heals all, and heels hurt to walk in. But they go with the clutch that you carry your lip gloss in. And look, I really think nobody does it better. I love the way that you put it together. Oh, oh you fancy, huh? Oh, you fancy, huh? Oh, you fancy, huh? Oh, you fancy, huh? You a breath of fresh air From all these superficial gold digging bitches in here They get a ball and figure they ain't gotta pick a career Guess they plan on sucking dick until some men disappear Like voila, you do it right, he just might buy you a car Man, she play these suckers just like B.O.B. play the guitar Now here you are, with your girls having drinks at the bar I say I'm buying, you decline, that is kind of bizarre Independent with the demeanor of an R&B singer Naked ring finger, M3 beamer Champagne rain, triple white gag Closet full of brand new clothes and handbags, Alexander McQueen, Prada, Gucci, Chanel, DNG, BCBG, Kisachi, Louis, and BB. You ain't needy, greedy, or easy as these other breezes who fuck for bottles of reason, the bowls of baked ziti. Oh, you fancy, huh? Oh, you fancy, huh? Oh, you fancy, huh? Oh, you fancy, huh? Nail done, hair done, everything did. Nail done, hair done, everything did. Oh, you fancy, huh? Oh, you fancy, huh? Oh, you fancy, huh? Oh, you fancy, huh?
Hello? Michael, you there? Michael, you there? Yes, I'm here. Oh, Lord, these technical difficulties are something else. <laughs> oh, well. well, what's on our uh, next topic? Um, let's see. Well, a lot of the topics that I had today in the second hour had to do with DeAndre uh, who was supposed to come on here, but I knew she was a possibility that she was going to make it on here. So um, I really am going to probably hold off until later on this week to do the entertainment. Mm-hmm. But I guess we can get into our next topic or our weekly topic about um, family affairs. And we're going to kind of um, continue off of this later on, but we're going to start on it now. Um, Family Affairs Part 3, Uncut, Beat That Child Ass. (laughs) You know about that? I know a few things about that. I do. Yeah, you do. And, you know, one thing I'd like to say up front with all this is in no way, shape, or form are we condoning child abuse. You know, we're not condoning beating your kid bloody. No, we're yeah. not we're not about anything like that, but we are talk, going to talk about discipline. Yeah, and this and this is, you know, one of those topics, you know, it's just one of those things where we um it's one of those things where I just wanted something to catch catch your eye, but this is a serious topic because to me, I feel that there is a lack of discipline in today's society. I, I really I really believe that. A lack of so, you know, parenting altogether. Yeah, parenting. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of kids are having kids today. I know we all, we've all talked about it. You know, you all hear it all the time. All kids weren't raising kids today, and this and the other. But I just, you know, I just I just think it's a shame when any time you have a child, you have something come out of you that's running you. Like you brought this mm-hmm. child to the world, and they're running you. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to say I, you know, growing up, if I got out of line, I was raised old school. I was raised by my grandparents. And I was raised old school. And if you were out of line, you got put back in line really quick. And I do think quick. Yes. (laughs) Grandma wasn't going to tolerate no stupidity. But, yeah, I'm, it's just it, and it's just like now you you go to a lot of these places you go out and, and you see a lot of these kids they're just out of line. Yeah, um, you know, yeah. As a kid at the time, you didn't like it when you got your ass busted, but you know what? I got over it. And yeah. yes, even though I was put in line with a firm hand upon occasion when I needed it. I still had very caring and very close relationship with my grandparents, and I look back on it now, and I'm thankful for it. Yeah. You know, I was not beaten. I was not abused. I was not, 
you know, by any means tragically mistreated. You know, and I thank God for that because, you know, I know there's a lot of people out there that weren't that fortunate. But still, a lot of people that I've noticed, even in my line of work when we deal with some juveniles, you see these kids that are spoiled, rotten brats. And they are just absolute. the parents give them whatever they want to shut them up. They'll give them anything in the world just as long as they don't have to deal with them. Then when the kids yeah. start getting to be these bratty-ass kids that are causing all kinds of trouble and getting in line, we're like, why don't you beat their ass? And they say, we've never done that. Huh. A clue. But see, like, I mean, if they had some discipline, that might make a difference. And this is this what bothers me, though. Like, um, you know, with, they don't want you to discipline your own child. They don't want you to spank your child. They don't want – you can't even almost yell at your child. But – Okay, you let them run run amok, you let them do anything they want to do, and then when they get caught up in the system, then when they get in there, those people are going to abuse them. They're uh-huh. going to, you know, they're going to whoop them, they're going to beat them. Any any and everything, it's a free for all in the system. But the parents can't even uh discipline their children the way they want to, you know? And I, I really think it's a sad day when you are scared to be a parent. Oh yes, absolutely. You're scared to be a parent because you you weren't like, wow, I don't know if this person's gonna see me. And you know, a lot of these kids they know this and they play upon that. Oh yeah, kids are not stupid. And, hey, some of these kids will tell you that I was. My friends will hit me because I'll call the police on them. You know, this is where I say I love the Medea line. Oh, really? <laughs> Go ahead and do that. I hit you so hard you'll die 919. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, you know, um, I, I, I really feel that there is, like, a lack of discipline in the home, and it's just, like, I think the government has a lot to do with that, but still at the same time, parents have to uh, reclaim their rightful place. And I don't know why some of them are afraid to do it. I mean, either it's they're afraid to do it or there's just the lack of a willingness to be a parent on their part, which I think personally is what a lot of it comes from, is they just don't want to mess with it. I mean, but if you look at, I mean, you look at society, you know, itself, I mean, so much, like, as far as the family role, the family role has changed so much. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of um, single-parent homes. We have a lot of uh, uh, younger kids raising kids when they don't really have the resources or the knowledge or the education to raise kids. You know, everybody wants to be... Everybody wants to be on food stamps. Everybody wants to be on welfare. Nobody wants to work. I'm not going to say nobody wants to work, but a lot of people don't want to work. You know, there's there's no um, integrity. There's no, um, it's nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, so when the parents don't display uh, attributes that are uh, 
that are needed to nurture a child, then how can you expect a child to fall into place and, and, and conform to society norms? Exactly. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I think it's Absolutely. a whole entire host of issues that we have to look at. We can't put it on the child because, first of all, it starts in the home. You can't you can't send your kids. You have to teach your child at home. You can't. It's not the responsibility for the school to raise your children. It's not the responsibility of the of the school to teach your kids socialization skills. It's not their responsibility to do that. Right. They are there to educate your children. They're not there to babysit. They're not there to um, do the job that you're supposed to be doing. But unfortunately, the only way some of these kids are going to learn any basic um, skills are at school. I mean, I remember a time when your parents taught you um, your name, your address. They taught you even how they started teaching you how to write your name. Um, It started reading to you, and they started, you know, they started educating you before you went to school. Mhm. Now these children are going to school. They don't. They don't know anything. That's true. That's very true. But and the and the and parents here's, up here. Oh, go ahead. One of the biggest problems out there is, yeah, there's a a lot of work on behalf of these parents that need to be done to make a difference in their kids, which are supposed to be the future of this country. And you look at it. But the big question remains is how are you going to give teach someone how to be a responsible parent or individual or productive member of society when the desire is not there? Right. How do you do that? I don't know. Yeah. I don't have like, a like you, like I don't know if you heard. Uh, I know you get a lot of the new Indianapolis news where you're at. Yes. But did you hear about how um, a lot of the IPS schools had to threaten uh, some of these uh, these these parents and said if your kids don't get these shots, they're not going to be able to uh, to come to school. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that in a lot of schools, not just IPS, but yeah, I've heard of that. But it shouldn't even get to the point where they're threatening threatening you, you know, to kick your kid out because you you won't take the initiative as a parent to come up there and make sure your child has these shots. And honestly, I think the reason why, and I'm just going to put it out here, the reason why they're so strict now on um, these kids getting these shots is the fact, and I'm just going to be honest with you, you have a lot of illegal immigrants coming into this country and, you know, a lot of them have not been vaccinated. Yeah. Or they have not been following up on their um, on their medical records and stuff like that. And I think a lot of that, you know, it's, it's, it's that, too. Could be. I feel. That's what, that's what I feel. That, that's really actually a perspective I hadn't really thought about, but that's a strong possibility. And, you know, a lot of these schools are starting to become more integrated. And now, you know, it, you don't know these people, especially the, you know, and, and you got to keep in mind, too, you ever thought about, you know, how some of the um, the parents are scared to take their kids to the hospital because they're not legal or documented citizens, so they don't really, you know, I don't know. I just, I really think about that. 
Uh, now, I don't know. On that one, I'm not sure, because obviously I'm not around a lot of that enough in the community that I'm in, but my what little experience that I have in that, it's more of they don't have the money for it, so they don't go, because they're not really too afraid that the medical community is going to try and you know, deport them or something to that effect, but a lot of them just flat don't go because they can't afford to. But I don't know. Well, like don't I, said, I don't stop, have a lot. Well, you know what? That doesn't stop them from getting assistance. Yeah. And it doesn't stop them, to, you know, from using other people's um, Social Security number. That's true. That's very true. So, you know, if, if they want assistance, they can get that. Yeah, they can. So I don't know. I just I think it's a whole host. Of, I mean, it's, it's a host of issues. Yeah, and I I really you know can't comment too awful much because I don't have a lot of experience in that area. But yeah, I you know, I, I can see both sides of that issue. I can see. Early the list. I know uh, my friend Brittany. She called in. She's a part of UCOFW, but uh, she was telling me about a situation the other day at her job where. Uh, she said this illegal immigrant came in, this guy came in using somebody else's Social Security number. And the man had been deceased for months now. Huh. Yeah, yeah, it does happen. You know, and, uh, and, it's, and it's really, it's really, it's really crazy. Yeah. I don't know how, you know, I mean, this, I know this is totally leading to something else, but I mean, just getting back to what we were saying, like, you know, um, before we got to this point, I said it's, it's really sad when we're talking about the uh, how the schools have to mandate, almost force parents to come in and to do their jobs as parents. Yeah. And you wonder why these kids run around like heathens. Hell, if you don't have any uh, parental guide, guidance and you're allowed to run around, you know, and just, you know, and do whatever you please, you know, go to school when you want to go to school, uh, come in the house when you want to come in the house. You know, your parents will care about you smoking. Some of these parents are so trifling and ignorant that they allow the child to smoke underage in their house and drink underage in their house because they feel, oh, I'd rather them do it in my house than somewhere else, which, first of all, that's the dumbest logic I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know one person, one individual, very close, well, used to be a close friend of mine. He was an alcoholic by the time he was 17. Mm, mm, mm. Now, where were the parents here? Where were the parents? Some were laying on their back. No, the parents were the same way, so I guess the parents didn't see anything wrong with it. But yeah, so I mean, but you know, also this situation, mother's so busy laying on her back trying to screw a man or mm-hmm. trying to please a man or out running the street that she don't care. Yeah, what her children do? Anytime. Drop them off at the grand grandparents' house. Yeah, and a lot of them kids probably don't want to go to the grandparents' house because the grandparents probably have rules. Yeah. You're right. 
and they ain't used to seeing that. And God forbid right. that the grandparents would spank the kids and put them in the line. I don't know. There's quite a bit of it out there, and you know, I. But I, I still, I still fail to see. I mean, we know what a lot of the problem is, but coming up with a solution to make the parents decide, hey, I'm going to be a parent and I'm going to do something. I don't know how you instill that type of. Somehow yeah. they have to want to be better, but I don't know how. I think a lot more parental accountability for the actions of their children would go a long way. Unfortunately, that's the scare tactic, but I don't know. I mean, it's already law in Indiana. I really really feel that there's not enough of that either. Exactly. I I think if we did start, um, or people, you know, if the government or whoever started using more scare tactics and say, hey, you're going to be responsible for these kids. If we start doing, if, you know, if we start doing that as a society, I think you'll see a lot of this stuff clean, clean up. Yeah, I mean, it's already law in Indiana. Say, so if your kid goes on a tirade and destroys somebody's property, if they're a juvenile, your the parent is responsible, and the parent is responsible for the damages. Well, that's great, but the parents just don't pay it. <laughs> and, yeah, you're right. And they don't keep after them. You know, I've seen that a lot in uh, my line of work. They're like, hey, this is your kid. They destroyed this person's car. They took a sledgehammer to it. Uh, insurance company's going to come after you, and the legal system's going to come after you to pay for the damages. Okay, well, it goes to court or something. They say, yep, you're responsible. Pay for it. And then they just flat don't. Well, I bet you guarantee you start putting that behind in jail. They're going to think twice about that mess. Yeah, and something that I have seen many times, and I still don't understand it, is how somebody that claims to be so poor and doesn't have money to go to the grocery store and get food for their kids can all of a sudden, within two hours, come up with $500 to bail themselves out of jail. Mm, mm, mm. Okay, you haven't got money to take care of your kids, but all of a sudden when you're in jail, you can, in two hours, find a way to come up with the money to get yourself out. Shit, not even that, huh? They can find, they can gather up their little change they need to get that crack, get that mm-hmm. thing for crack. Yeah. You, you can get that, but you can't, you, can't, you can't scrounge up some money to feed your children or your cheering. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you you can't you can't find money to do that, but you want the government to do that. And this is just another thing that bothers me. I was just talking to my friend Rob. We, we went out to dinner. Uh, we were just hanging out and stuff. And he told me like, and this is just something that I think about it too. How is it a lot of these people? And I, you know, if you got to get on welfare and uh, and uh, EBT and stuff, that's that's all well. We got to do what you got to do. But I got a problem with. You these people getting on on this public assistance, and then they go in this store and buy all this junk. Yeah. They don't buy no nutritious stuff. You look in their car, they got all this this boxed stuff, all this junk food, potato chips, and all this crap. You don't see no fresh meat, no vegetables, no fruit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, just junk. 
And then these people want to use their card. They want to use their they who's your wise card for everything but the right thing. Yeah, I same thing. I seen it just a couple weeks ago. Here I was getting a few groceries at my local super Walmart, breezing through there, and I got in line behind this lady that had a whole cartload loaded down with Hostess snack cakes, Twinkies, all kinds of stuff. And I'm looking at that cart, and she had three young kids with her. Oldest one might have been seven. And another one that I guess to be around four. And another one is just barely walking. And kids, a holy terror. And that cart loaded down with Hostess products and pop and all kinds of things. And don't you know, she whipped out a food stamp card to pay for it all. I've seen no vegetables. I've seen no meat. I didn't see hardly I, all I, I couldn't see anything for all the hostess boxes. Well, you I'm know what? Thinking I'll my head she going, had fruit. Serious. Only thing, only fruit she had was some damn fruit snacks. Yeah. Yeah, there were a few of those in there. With, with high, or some fruit, or some, some, some pop with high fruit toast in it. But there was no actual fruit in the car. I can yeah, tell you that now. They're shaking my head, thinking, "Wow." And see, it see, and, uh, I was robbing a call in today. He told me about this. Uh, taught me how a lot of these women he knows of, and he he lives out in Avon. Believe it or not, like, well, that's a suburb out here in Indianapolis. For those who don't know, and. And he was telling me how you see a lot of this stuff out there, and you see a lot of these people, you know, buying um, clothes with they with they who's your wise car, whatever it is. You know, you see a lot of these women that know that uh, a lot of these older people now, they um, have a child that's about to turn 18, and they'll get pregnant again so they can keep getting them benefits. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You know, there's so many tricks tricks of the trade, you know, and it and it's and it's really and I think we as the taxpayers we need to be outraged because we as working class people, we can't even get anything. Exactly. You know, we can't get assistance on anything. You know, but you mm-hmm. can lay on your back or with your with your tail up in your air, in the air and get pregnant. And you get everything handed to you on a silver platter. But, oh, heaven forbid, if you go to work and try to make an honest living. Absolutely. You know, struggling to make ends meet. You can't get no help. Yeah. The previous place I worked at, the wages that I made as an emergency services worker at my previous job, I made wages as a full-time employee below the poverty line. And I paid my own bills. I didn't ask anybody for anything. I paid my rent, my electric, all my utilities, paid it myself. And you know what I had to do? Just suffer. Yeah, there were things I would have liked to have had that weren't even expensive items. You know, things I would like to have as a matter of convenience. But you know what? I paid for vehicles so I couldn't have a vehicle payment. I paid my bills. And, you know, I struggled. I just had to do without. Right. I couldn't get. I wouldn't uh, qualify for any assistance. Getting this, uh, and this is another thing that messes with me. We're gonna continue this con- 
This uh, this is just the beginning of a trust and believe. This this is just the beginning of this com- conversation. Uh, we we just we're just getting warmed up because we gonna we coming after some of y'all. Yeah, you could because you know something else that bothers me. We got about four more minutes left, but I'm gonna say this and then we are gonna wrap it up. What kills me is about somehow some of these women get this Section Eight housing, and you got a man living up in your house. You know, you ain't supposed to be having all these people in your house. And he ain't paying no rent. He's sitting up here eating your children's food, you know, eating up everything here. He's not offering you nothing but a long 12-inch Anchorage sausage. <laughs> That's the only thing he's offering you, and you taking it down home. But he, what else is he offering you? Nothing. You know, and, you know, these women, and, and they bring, you know you're supposed to not have all this crap going on in your house when you're on Section 8. They have all these people running in and out the house, you know, drugs going on, drug dealing going on, and everything under the sun. And it's just it's just a crazy thing. It really is. And you know, mention, and the people that really need assistance can't get assistance. Yeah, not to mention that 12 inches worth of acreage usually has with it an extra boatload of problems that come out of it. Yeah. I tell you, it, 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 it's a crying shame. It's really a crying shame. You know, it don't make sense. It don't make sense. But, you know, we got a couple more minutes left in the show. We really want to take thank you for taking time out of your day. We want to thank all the callers for calling in. Uh, most people today just called in to listen, but I wish that wish we could have got to that 404 caller because I know that's an Atlanta phone number. I wish we could have got, like, the inside scoop on that, but we're going to do a continuation on this show. Um, do you have any more, like, any thoughts remaining before we get off here? Because I know we got, like, a couple minutes left. Mm, I don't think there's anything else I thought of. Yeah. But yeah, just just uh, keep it locked. Uh, I know next time we we come on, I know we have to. We still gonna talk about cat stacks. We still gotta talk about uh, her run in with Nelly. We're gonna talk about um, social networking one hundred and one. Um, we have some reviews coming up. We have a lot lot of stuff that we didn't get to today, and we're gonna try to get to that later on this week. Um, once again, check us out, www.myspace.com slash UCOFW, youtube.com slash UCOFW. Um, hit us up on Twitter, um, um, UCOFW, and uh, be on the lookout for Michael's upcoming projects. And um, we will talk to you next time. You are now listening to The Urban Wire, brought to you by the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers, where we shine a light on issues of that urban community. Hit us up at www.youtube.com forward slash UOFW, or check us out on
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.